Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. It's Bob McCowan. It's uh, John Shannon for a uh, Tuesday on the uh, podcast slash radio program. Uh, If you're a CFL fan, you know this guy. And if you aren't a CFL fan, you should know this guy because he's almost inarguably the best quarterback in the Canadian Football League and has set records and will continue to set records. Uh, He is not only uh, that has a personality too. He has a personality. You're going to like this guy Uh, from the Calgary Stampeders. Bo Levi Mitchell will join us when we continue after these messages. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Bob McCowan, John Shannon with you on the program for this uh, Tuesday. So about time we had some football on this show, Bob. My goodness gracious. And here's the interesting thing. I don't think I'm wrong in this. The only professional, major professional league in North America to have shut down completely is the Canadian Football League. Mm -hmm. NBA is playing, uh, NFL played, baseball played, hockey played. MLS MLS played, but the CFL did not. And, and we understand the reasons behind that. And there's nothing you can do about it. But here is Bo Levi Mitchell, the quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders, who has been uh, sitting around for almost two years now. First of all, thanks a lot for taking time for us. And secondly, this has got to be the weirdest part of your life ever, isn't it? Yeah, Bobby John, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, yeah, it is definitely, definitely weird. I can't remember since the day I put on a Katie youth football Ravens jersey and went 0 and 11 that I haven't played football for an entire year. So um, it's definitely been been a weird scenario. It's been a blessing, you know, getting surgery on my shoulders. So I've been able to, um, you know, really rehab and get back to, to full health and feel like I'm strong now. So uh, it's definitely been awesome in that sense. But man, two years out football as a competitor. If you, if you came to my house right now and we had a beer, I would be betting you on everything we did. I, <laughs> darts, darts, ping pong, man, anything I can. I'm trying to compete. Do, 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 Bo, do you feel like it's been like a, a percentage of your career lost completely? Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, you know, I have my sights set on some very gaudy numbers um, just in the sense of I want to win, you know, more championships than anybody. I want to win more MVPs than anybody. I want to throw for more yards than Calvillo. Um, you know, touchdowns, all that. And that's just, uh, damn near feels unreachable when you miss a year. And then now this year is looking like it's going to get, you know, cut down to maybe 14 games. Um, you know, you've got to be healthy for your entire career almost. I mean, for Calvillo to throw, you got to think, for Calvillo to throw 80,000 yards, that's 20 seasons averaging 4,000 yards. That is, yeah. 
damn near unbreakable. So, I mean, you know, in today's day and age, the, the, the guys you're getting hit by now, it's already tough to be healthy, but you lose a year and a half just to, you know, a pandemic is going to make it pretty tough to do any of those things. So I'll set my sights on the, uh, the championships and, and hold my hat to that. Well, you know, what's interesting here is we have, since we've never experienced anything like this. So no player, no quarterback has essentially, and I know you had the shoulder surgery, but spent a year and a half in the middle of his career and not played, which raises the question, well, maybe you can just add a year and a half to the end of your career. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I hope so. You know, uh, that'd be that'd be awesome, especially with the surgery. Like that, that was the biggest thing is, you know, Dave and, and Huff, I told them to take a chance on me. Let me go get let me go get surgery for my shoulder um, because I feel like it would it would prolong my career. Because I was uh, the last three, probably the last three years, I've really been playing through some stuff of trying to band-aids here and there and, and some pain pills and whatnot to try to make sure I'm healthy and feeling solid. Um, you know, but you can only you can't do Brett Far for your entire career. So I was pulling mm -hmm. a Brett Favre there for a little bit, trying to feel good. Um, you know, but uh, it was it was time. I, I found it the most happened in that last season, man. It was just, uh, you know, the, the shoulder gave out the, the first time with the peg, and then you know having to come back. I felt some strength there in the beginning, and then it died out towards the playoffs. And you know, in that playoff game, just felt like I basically had had no superpower. So. Got the surgery, feeling good. So hopefully I can add that time on the end of the career, like you're saying. It'd be great. Okay. Okay. So uh, you mentioned Katy, Texas. That's where you're from. Correct. Uh, when did you first come to the realization that there was a Canadian professional football league? Uh, you know, it actually wasn't until college. And uh, Matt Nichols, who is the uh, the quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks now, uh, he went to my same school, Eastern Washington. So I was committed to Hawaii University. And transferred over to SMU and June Jones decided to go there. Uh, I came over there to start as a true freshman for him. Um, you know, we had we did some great things. I had some great uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, two of my receivers. Um, and then got injured, lost my spot to a buddy of mine, actually, and uh, decided to open up. It's not like the, today the transfer portal. You can just, you know, let every school know, like, hey, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, so I opened up, opened up my recruiting and um, in the school that originally recruited me was Eastern Washington. And they hit me up right away. And they're like, hey, man, we kept up with your career. You're doing great. Um, you know, if you'd ever consider us, we'd love to bring you out here for a visit. So I went out there for a visit. JC Sherry, Greg Peach, Matt Nichols showed me the time of my life. Um, had a great time. You know, played some ping pong with Bo Baldwin and just fell in love with the atmosphere of football there. And then, so I went there. And um, when Matt left, Matt went undrafted to the Cowboys. And he was competing against Stephen McGee, who got a million-dollar signing contract or bonus uh, for getting drafted in the fourth or fifth round and outplayed him like crazy. And I was like, Oh, that's great, man. Matt's going to make the Cowboys and he got cut. And I couldn't believe it. So I, I, that was my first lesson of the business of the NFL. And then um, he went to the CFL. He started succeeding uh, up here. And my head coach, Bob Baldwin, we were heading to an alumni dinner. He said, Hey man, you know, I know you, I know you have your sights on the NFL. I know you've done some great things, but you know, you're, you're six foot tall. You're not playing against great competition. They're going to talk about your competition. as a you and while you transferred, so I think the CFL would be a great place for you to start. It's a great game for you. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, I look it up. First name that comes up is Ricky Ray, and he's throwing 5,000 yards. And I was like, I'd love to go throw 5,000 yards. So <laughs> get me up there as soon as possible, man. Well, would you, were you aware of the history of some of the guys that have played in the Canadian Well, Warren Moon up in Edmonton, uh, Doug Flutie. I mean, two pretty good guys who, you know, got their start in the Canadian Football League. 
Yeah, so, you know, coming up into college ranks and starting to think about the possibility of playing professionals, one of the guys I followed the most is Kurt Warner. So to watch his his career go from, you know, arena to – Arena football, know, yeah. To yeah, Super Hall of Fame. It's It started making me look up all these guys' careers. I was like, oh, so not all these guys just came out first, second, third round drafted and they're in the NFL. Some guys are taking some different paths. You know, they had the European uh, Football League. Yep. Uh, mm. So I started looking it up and, yeah, I saw – you know, Jeff Garcia was obviously a huge mentor of mine there in the beginning of the CFO. And, um, you know, obviously everybody knows Doug and Warren, where they came, where they started. And, uh, and then once I got up here, you know, Dave, just, he's been that sponge for me, man. So I, I looked up, had looked up previous quarterbacks and seen what had happened up here. And I was like, you know, that's something I want to be a part of. And now, you know, it's just a game I've fallen in love with and, and don't want to leave. Well, when you're, a, when you're a throwing quarterback, when you're a throwing quarterback, uh, the CFL, long before it was a, a throwing game in the NFL, the CFL has always been this way. I mean, it was always, hey, how far can you throw it? Can you throw the out? If you can throw the out, you can play in the CFL, correct? Correct. You got to be able to throw the field out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's about That's a 47-yard right. throw for a six-yard gain. So if you can do that, <laughs> you can play up here. What's it like uh, for you as a, what was it like? And still now playing for a, uh, another former quarterback, the, is there a definitive advantage in that for you? A, a thousand percent. I've, I've had both. So uh, yeah. I've had some, I've had a lot of coaches in my career that have been, that have worn the helmet and been behind the line. And that's, that's a huge aspect to me. Um, I don't think I would ever be able to play for, a quarterback coach, maybe off of the coordinator that hasn't played quarterback because um, the one time I did, it was the, the one time in my career I've ever butted heads with the, with the coach of mine, the way that we did uh, just not seeing things eye to eye because he was an X and O's guy. He learned from a book and he watches film and I'm, and I'd get in arguments with him all the time. Like, yeah, Hey, it's easy to say that when the camera is up there on top of the stadium and you're seeing all, all 22 people, you know, I was like, that's not, that's not what you see when you're behind, you know, five guys that are six foot four and you're six foot. Yeah, so like there's there's different windows and, and lanes that, you know, me, Doug, Jeff, Dave, we've all had to find in our careers to try to be able to play. So, you know, having Dave, having somebody that's done it, it's every time he says something, it's more, OK, I know he's done it. I know he's done it at a very high level. I know he's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and I'm going to learn everything I, I possibly can from this guy because he obviously had a great long career up here. He's one of the best head coaches already to do this. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of footsteps I want to follow in. And the, the general manager, the guy that you've been do, doing your contract with, he wasn't a bad quarterback either in John Huffnagel, was he? Well, yeah, the old, old Penn State product running the triple yeah. option back there. <laughs> Wing T, maybe. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I, I think it's been a huge advantage for me. Having John, having Dave, having uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, now Mark Mueller, they all played quarterback, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the fact that that's been a blessing for me has been, man, it's just taking my career to a, to a different level. So if you have a, if your offense in the NFL, of course, there's quarterback coaches, but if you have an offensive coordinator who is a quarterback versus a head coach, tell us what the difference you would perceive that to be. Is it more significant if the guy's a head quarter, former quarterback's a head coach? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it definitely helps because um, the difference of the, the quarterback, the quarterback coach is always going to fight for you. But regardless of that, the offensive coordinator or the head coach above him, has to say about whether or not you're doing something right or if the production is good enough. So if it's a defensive guy, you know, if you're playing for, you know, maybe in Chicago right now, you're playing somewhere out there um, or, you know, for Van Vic Fangio in, in Denver, 
You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different because he's got to now rely on the quarterback coach and say, like, hey, is this, is this guy getting it done? But regardless of what that quarterback coach says, he's going to have his own opinions of what he's seeing on the field. But his opinion is going to be based off a defensive standpoint. You know, it's like, hey, well, you know, he's not he's not able to beat cover four. Um, but that could also be because there's a certain blitz that we're not able to pick up on this side of the line. It's rushing your reads, that kind of thing. So if you have a quarterback coach that's that's there or a QB guy that can be the head coach, um, I think it just it it's a better feel for a lot of guys in the team because the first thing he knows is that as a quarterback coach, Dave knows that he got special recognition. Um, one, maybe when he shouldn't have. And then two, probably more than we ever should have. So that's one thing that he always does a great job of in our in our locker room, in our film room, is he's going to call me out first. Um, you know, he's going to make sure that he's giving other guys credit before myself, you know, when it comes to team awards and things like that, which is the way to go. Because the quarterback outside with you guys, the media, everybody else, we get all the credit, right? You get the win-loss mm-hmm. record um, when there was, you know, a lot – those 46 guys that contributed to that win. So Dave does a really good job of that. So you grow up in Texas where there's, um, well, other than this past winter, you know, um, generally no snow, you go to Washington where you see a little bit of it. And now you're in Calgary where there's plenty of it and you made it, made it home there. What's that adjustment? What's the weather adjustment been like for you? It's been crazy. Uh, I've, I've gotten really pale over the past 10 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to be able to hold a little bit of a sunburn, but now nowadays my wife is, it's hard. She's hard, hard to look at me when I take my shirt off. Um, <laughs> man, the adjustment, it, it was crazy, you know, going from, I guess what you guys would say, you know, you know, 30, 35 degree weather, uh, you know, when it's a hundred degrees in Texas, hmm. you don't want to go outside, boys. No, no. You shower, you shower, you, you get in the car. It feels like an oven. The seatbelt touches you. It burns you. Um, I was, I was fed up and tired of that. I didn't, I didn't love that weather. So getting to Washington, I love the four seasons. Um, when it snowed, I hit up to the mountains to learn to snowboard. So fell in love with winter. Uh, I got up here and found out this is more like Game of Thrones winter. Uh, like winter <laughs> is coming. It's here to stay. It's going to try to kill you. Um, and I do love it. I, 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 I think personally, I would, I prefer winter over, um, over the heat. So if you had to put me in Hawaii or, or winter, I'd rather be here. Um, but just maybe not like the negative or minus 35. That's pretty, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> Well, and, and in Calgary too, you also get those little Chinooks that come through and um, and kind of mess with you. It makes you think that spring's right around the corner, and then three days later, you got another pile of snow, huh? Oh yeah, the amount of times you think winter's over and it just comes back and slaps you in the face is uh, it's it's hard, hard, disheartening. Well, I lived in Calgary for fourteen years, and every once in a while, my wife would turn and look at me when the snow squall was in the middle of June, and she'd say, "Why are we living here?" <laughs> what, what is going on because there's a couple of those weather i mean the chinooks in the winter are fine it's when the cold spells come through in june and july that kind of tick you off oh yeah john i can't tell you how many times my wife's asked me that you know every now and then when you get outside you get you, the girls are happy they want to go play you look outside and it's just like you know 12 inches of snow and you're like why why are we living here and now so, so, so you, yeah you obviously I mean, the, you got a really good football situation in Calgary. Um, do, do you ever see yourself giving you one more chance to go play in the NFL? Do you ever see that happening? No, I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of gone and passed. You know, the age the age plays a big factor in that, right? Um, 
I would still be considered a rookie quarterback by anybody's means down there. No matter what I've done up here, um, mm-hmm. it's a lot different than, you know, a corner, a linebacker, maybe like Alex, Alex going in, um, linebackers, linebacker, see ball, tackle ball. You know what I mean? But there's definitely still a learning curve there in the NFL and is, is the way they see it. Um, Alex done great in Philadelphia, hasn't he? Hey man, leading, leading the league in tackles. I was just, I've been, I've been so hyped watching him play, watching them let the, the hair flow. So um, it's awesome, man. See, I hope, I hope Reggie Bagleton, everybody, everybody that's down there gets some, gets some chances to kind of show their talents the way he has. But yeah, after that last tryout with the NFL, I mean, the trials went good. The, the contract offers are there again. Um, like I'm sure you guys have read, but uh, you know, I, I made the decision to stay here, stay, stay here in my home. And uh, you know what? I, I don't regret it. I love it. I, maybe I regret it a little bit now that we haven't had a season in two years and I couldn't be playing <laughs> football. Um, but no, man, it's just, it's glad to, I'm glad to be back here and, uh, and what I've always said, man, I, just, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't want to be a guy just to say, you know, just to be able to wear some NFL gear to say I was there. You know, maybe I'll go there one day as a coach. But, um, you know, when it comes to playing football, I'm trying to leave a legacy that is uh, that is untouchable. So, well, your, your first college coach, June Jones, did all of that. Right. He he played uh, he played in the NFL, played in the CFL. I remember him playing for the Toronto Argonauts before he came back to coach in Hamilton long before that. So you, you, football is football in so many ways, even if it's a 24 man game versus a 22 man game. Yeah, absolutely, man. He, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever learned from. And he, he, uh, he definitely, he brought me out of my shell as a quarterback. You know, I, I came from uh, coming from Katie high school. It's I formation, you know, you got your fullback, your running back, it's play action. You got one read, maybe, maybe a second read. Um, I threw, you know, 35, 40 touchdowns and maybe like three or four interceptions in high school because there was no other option. We ran the ball all the time and we just play action over the top. So uh, going from that to all of a sudden going to like having seven, eight reads in a, in a play, he wants you to go one through four and then go back four through one. Um, so he brought me out of my shell as a quarterback. And, um, you know, I owe a lot of my, a lot of my start of my career to him. Um, you know, John and I have been around a long time and around the Canadian Football League. We've seen lots of guys come from the U.S. Well, I mean, 60, 70 percent of the uh, players in the Canadian Football League come from the U.S. And, and the, the vast majority of them don't know anything about the Canadian Football League when they, when they get here. Go back in time to when you came up for the first time. How difficult did you find the adjustment? Or is, as John said earlier, football's football? Yeah, no, I mean, I get I, this is probably one of the more popular questions I get asked. Um, how hard was the adjustment? Was the biggest adjustment? And, you know, the answer, I guess, over the years has kind of transformed into, you know, in the beginning, just saying, like, oh, it wasn't that bad, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, like John said, hey, football's football. Um, but for me, like, really, truly remembering back, like, something that, that now as a, as a 10 year quarterback and I am, you know, in, in rookie camp with those rookie QBs and seeing where their head is swimming and remembering being there. I'm like, that was, that was it. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was the first time of being back there in American football, man, you got 11 guys and they are lined up. They might try to show cover two and drop into cover four, but there's not a lot of moving going around. So the hardest adjustment as a quarterback is first of all, to you got a crazy playbook with, you know, guys going everywhere, remembering it's a three by two or four by one or one by four formation. And you've got a three by two formation and all of a sudden, you know, this guy motions over here, two guys motion, this guy motions halfway back and the defense moves all with it. And your head as a quarterback, you're like, what is going on right now? <laughs> you know? So <laughs> in the beginning, it was a lot more of like, okay, just know your reads, know who to go to. But it was almost a lot more like Dan Marino, like, Hey, I don't have a read. I'm just going to find the open guy and I'm going to hit him. Um, so the hardest adjustment is probably definitely getting used to the movement of not only the defense, but your own offense and making sure yeah. that 
you have a cognizant understanding of what, what's going on in the field. I know that one of the things that you want to do, um, even though, I mean, your career could go on for another decade very easily. Um, you want to coach and I want to address that and what you've done about it and what your, your thoughts and plans are and why, why at age, what, 31, you're already thinking about post-career. We'll do that. We'll take the break first. Uh, back after these with uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Bob McCown, it's uh, John Shannon on the program, and uh, Calgary Stampeder quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell is with us. You want to coach? That isn't that isn't really unusual, almost for any athlete. Um, you know, over the last uh, few decades, John and I have talked to many athletes, and while they're while they're playing, in the back of their mind is this is what I know, this is the life that I like, and that I'm used to, and that I'm comfortable with, and I know I can't play forever, so. When it's over, I'll turn to coaching. It seems like an obvious segue. But you kind of addressed that desire fairly early on in your life. Why? Yeah, because uh, I think it's, it's probably going to be the pinnacle of my career. Um, you know, obviously things have gone, gone really, really well on the playing side. But, uh, you know, when it came down to it, man, I was always a kid just kind of creating playbooks in my own, my own notebooks during, during class. Um, you know, playing, you know, Madden as a kid, I wasn't the one that wanted to create a player. I wanted to, I wanted to do the franchise and, and own the team mm-hmm. and run the team, uh, make the trades. You know, that's just, uh, it's where I've always found the interesting side of football so much. And, uh, and now, you know, I have a, I have a football academy, a night football academy that I run. And, uh, you know, for me, like getting out there to coach kids, I, I see the necessity up here for, coaching the youth and that's why we created the, the academy originally um and then seeing that and then you know hearing all the oh can a canadian quarterback play in the cfl absolutely guy can I've, I've had two or three that have come through our team that i i think can start in the cfl um but i want to i want to take that step of being a guy that a quarterback can rely on you know i want to i want to take a quarterback i want to be that you know that sean mcveigh um you know, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, a guy that I can relate to my guy. I can, you know, teach him everything that I know. Um, but, you know, every one of our brains only has, you know, so much memory in it. And, uh, you know, this, this one's filled with a, a lot, a lot of football. So uh, to well, let so that go to waste would be, would be a shame. I got to ask you this because I'm not, I'm not familiar with it, but um, is your camp a quarterback camp or is it a football camp in general? No, it's a football camp. We do every single position on the field. So I, I bring uh, professionals from all around the CFL, uh, you know, especially within the Calgary St. Peter organization to come out and coach. And uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's honestly, it's, it's a blessing to get out there and like see a kid take a different passion because now he's finally getting some recognition and some real coaching, you know, and, and that's not a diss to the coaches that we have down here. It's just that, you know, where I, where I come from in Texas, it's, it's football and football only. Yeah, right. You have summer camps, you have quarterback camps, every single individual position camp is happening all around. And hey, that's hockey here. And I love it. I understand it. 
it's it is Canada's game. I completely uh, have fallen for that. You know, I love going to the Flames games, but um, Dave has been trying to build you know something here for a long time. His passing academy. I'm trying to aid that in my football academy because um, we see the same thing, man. We we want to help the youth here to get better at football, and in doing that, not just you know not just doing that for the youth, but in doing that, I found you know. I confirmed that, you know, I do want to coach, but I, I think that I want to coach at the highest possible level because I want a guy that I can talk to as a man and look him in the eyes and say, like, hey, this is what I need from you. I see what you're going through. I've been there, but this is what I need. And, uh, and to see a guy, you know, overcome that and take different steps and to have that relationship to be together for 10 years as a, as a quarterback coach and a, um, and a quarterback would be, uh, be phenomenal. Now, you, you talked about uh, how your brain has been full of plays and full of football since you were a kid and that it like it grows out of the sidewalks in Katy, Texas. It grows out of everywhere. Football is everything. So you've been thinking about being a quarterback and you've been every day for as long as you can remember. The Canadian kid who's now learning how to be a quarterback hasn't thought that way. Is that the biggest difference between the two? Because that's yeah. what coaches always say is that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the time it takes to, to, to digest and then to react to situations. Yeah. I mean, the difference is I'm never with, I'm never like five feet away from one of these. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at all times, I'm just, I know every, every single stitch on this ball. Um, yeah. You know, I, I grew up with three brothers and, and there's nothing, I mean, Hey, God bless my mom. We put so many holes in her house from tackling to sliding game for baseball, but it was all we did was watch football, play football and video games, go outside and play tag, you know, touch football, tackle football, but inside, even we're inside, like just watching TV without looking, just, you know, just one hand, just throwing the ball. However you catch it, you've got to throw it back that way with the spiral. Like this is just what we did. Like we breathed this thing. So the difference is man, like, and it's not just football. It's anything you do. Like you, if you've read the book, you know, about 10,000 hours to become a master of something. It, it's not just going to happen because you're talented because you have a strong arm. You know what I mean? Like it takes, it takes something that is innate. It takes something that is learned through constant and uh, repetitive motion. And um, man, it's just that you got to fall in love with something and commit yourself to something to be great at it. Uh, it's um, we don't talk about this much anymore. Uh, the difference between the Canadian football and the U.S. football uh, is Hasn't more changed. subtle. I think it's changed. Yeah, is more subtle than it was. Um, it's a different, uh, generally different manufacturer. But it, did the, the what, did you notice a difference in the football when you came to Canada? Uh, I noticed the laces right away. Yeah, so the laces are composite laces, uh, which is used a lot in like the Wilson football in college, uh, and they even in college they used the Wilson that composite leather on the stripes actually. Um, But uh, yeah, no, nowadays we use the exact same football. It's called the Duke. We're not allowed to call it the Duke, but it is the exact same football. Now Um, the only difference is we still use the composite Canadian laces. So if you were to measure it, ours seems bigger, but it's actually the exact same ball. Does it Hmm. feel different to you in your hand when you pick up a a Duke uh, as opposed to the CFL ball? Uh, Yeah, it does. Uh, The quality of the leather. You, it might be nitpicky, man, but you can tell the difference. It's just, it's something you can, it's something you can. Um, and it, it's just, uh, it's, it's trying to find the, the perfect way. Every quarterback is so different with how they like the ball. So, um, you know, there's Mississippi mud down in the South, which is like the, the magic. Um, 
that gets rubbed into the ball. And, and sure. you know, when you get your hands on that, it makes that thing feel amazing. So a lot of people do different things, shaving cream, toothpaste, um, you know, a lot of different things to try to get the what ball do you do? the way they want to. I let my guys say, hey, I wear a glove. I don't, yeah, <laughs> give me a brand, give me a brand new football. A football has been kicked a thousand times. I don't care, man. Just give me a ball and I'll go throw it. Hey, you know, there was a, there's a, uh, a former Calgary Stampeder that, he didn't play very long, but tried to buy into the CFL this last winter. Uh, Dwayne Johnston uh, and the, the whole USFL, uh, the, the whole merger thing. What, as, a, as a guy sitting in Calgary reading about it, what'd you think? I got to tell you, I think a lot different than everybody else does. Um, I saw a lot of negative reviews on that and the idea of it. And I, hey, listen, I don't want the history of the Canadian game to go away. Okay. I'd never, I would never want that to happen. I don't want the Canadian game to change, but if we want the Canadian game to grow, I think the merger would be an absolutely phenomenal thing. And this is why the NFL came about from two different leagues joining, which created the AFC and the NFC and the NFL that we, as we see it today, if you could have nine teams in the, in Canada and nine teams in America, you're, you're now creating an international game that is going to be looked at cross country viewing you know if, if i'm gonna bet on the super bowl of the cfl xfl i gotta know something about those xfl teams you know what i mean so now i've got to be watching those games like when calgary plays houston you know i've got to go i've got to watch these games i got to find out how, how how good houston is because let's be honest gambling drives a lot of sports so the fact that first of all we need to get that law passed to get uh, single game betting happening in canada um, cause that's a giant number of revenue of dollars that we could have, but, uh, that's obviously above my pay grade. So don't roast me for that, but, uh, <laughs> that's coming. I just want, I, yeah, I want to see the game grow. I really do. I want to see the game you, grow. I don't, I don't want to see the game change. I don't want to see the, the downs change. Um, but we'd obviously have to either, you know, probably convert to the smaller field to, to compensate for XFL fields because they're not going to go out and create, you know, CFL, uh, fields, but, uh, mm -hmm. hopefully we can keep the CFL rules. And I think that'd be a really good thing to happen. So three down football on a hundred yard field. Yep. Well, you may not be aware of this, but uh, the CFL did have teams. I'm sure you are though. Yeah. Had teams yeah. in the U S I was actually oh, yeah. at the first ever CFL game um, in the U S in Sacramento. And um, we know what happened. Uh, there were teams in Sacramento, Baltimore, Vegas. Um, yeah, didn't, didn't Baltimore go like undefeated and then and absolutely murder the Grey Cup? Well, what they what they did, um, if I remember correctly, is they allowed at least for some period of time the Baltimore team to have all U.S. players, so there were no yeah. Canadian players, yeah. and that obviously put the teams north of the 49th parallel on something of a disadvantage. But I mean, you you come from a state that lives, breathes, eats, sleeps football at every level from, from, from pop Warner to, to the kids football, to, um, to pro football. Do, are they aware of the CFL? Do they, I mean, I know there are games on, on ESPN and John will tell me probably um, other networks, but no, I think just ESPN now. Are they aware of this game? Do they do they understand it? Do you think yes. if, if the NFL, if there was this merger with the XFL or whatever, that um, that this would work? I do. I really do. They are they are aware of it. Um, the amount of times that I have now been hit up by people just to say, "Hey, I was just in a random bar and your game was on," 
you know, and that's that's hats off to TSN and and the, uh, you know our partners at the CFL for um, pushing the game south more and getting ESPN to pick it up on their websites and everything. And and you know when there is some dry time at the beginning of our schedule outside of the NHL season before the NFL season, a lot of our games are viewed. Um, mm-hmm. And we are playing mostly on Fridays and Saturdays to avoid, you know, conflicting with the NFL game on Sunday. So it is viewed down there. People do see it. Um, but guys, if you tie if you tie the Rock to anything, if the Rock buys, you know, part of part of the, you know, he's the XFL, and and then, hey, he's got some big friends, so maybe he gets Drake to buy in on the CFL side, and you get this game a little bit younger. You know, no offense to, to the older viewers or anything, but. Um, to be a thousand percent honest with you, when I drive around, I don't see a lot of 16 to 21 year olds with stamp stickers on their cars, but I see a lot of 45, 50 year olds that and over that have it. So our problem is there's a generation there that we're missing and that we need to find a way to gain back before we lose the game. That's my personal opinion. It's Uh, probably not a popular opinion, but Hey, I'm just speaking the truth of what I see through my own eyes. Just curious. Have you ever talked to Randy Ambrosio about it? I have. I've talked to Randy. I talked to orange when he was there. Um, you know, Orge uh, was I was I was very in Orge's ear on, on trying to get the game younger. I was in the Toronto uh, offices one day, and uh, he shows me the the new football with black stripes, and then shows me a ball with no stripes. Um, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, which one do you like? Like, can you find out what the quarterbacks like?" And I I texted the quarterbacks for all nine teams and found out that we all liked uh, just the regular Duke. And I he was like, "Will you post a picture of these three and like get the fans' reaction?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, I don't mind. Like, I'm pretty active on social media." And he's like, we can't, we can't do it because, uh, you know, it would look bad and, and we could face a lot of flack. But if it was coming from you, it could look like it was just like your idea kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, the red flags obviously started going off when he said that. And I was like, okay. So I posted pictures and I'm telling you, I've never had more heat on Twitter in my entire life from everybody just saying like, you American, like get out of our country. Don't try to change our game. And I'm like, listen, I, I just want to make the game younger. I don't want to change the game at all. I love this game. I love the CFL. I am not anybody without the CFL. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just, I, 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 I now know the business side a little bit more and I just want to help to continue to grow this game so that the, uh, the people that do love it don't ever have to see it. Not, not, not there. Okay. So, so, so why have you lost a generation? Then? I mean, if you're talking about we've lost 16 to 25 or 30 year olds, where, why have we lost them? Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, what did, what did, what did fans used to say NFL stood for? No, no fun, fun league. league. Thank you. And what do they do now? Dance as much as you want. Celebrate as much as you want. They've got Disney. They've got everybody. CFL's because- always been that way, though. You CFL could celebrate more than anywhere else. It was oh, one of the no, things no, no, that no, made no, it fun. No, 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 no. But the, no? the video game, they have taken, they, they market their players to young guys as much as they possibly can. Like, if you, now, I know, I know you guys aren't playing video games, but like Madden now is, it's marketed to the fact that all these, all the the young athletes that are out there, they force that down people, and that's not what we're doing. We we are trying to say that our game is 100 years old, and we have no reason to change it. And I I love this game with all of my heart, but things yeah. have to change if we want this game to grow. If not, it is going to die the way it is. All right. So when, believe you me, we have had plenty of conversations over the years, on air and off about changes of this game and the most fundamental change would be to go to four downs would that kill the canadian football league or would it help i don't think i don't think that's necessarily the change you know that that would kill or or help it necessarily um it's 
if I'm if I'm a young kid, there's you know in Calgary there's there's probably one and maybe two or three people that I know, and that's probably myself, and then maybe your Eric Rogers or your John mm-hmm. Cornish, um, because right. the players are not being marketed the way they should to be. And I I understand there's there's money and it has a lot to do with it, but uh, about six seven years ago when when Adidas came in um, and Shaw came in, they started doing some Shaw you know team players. Things you started to see things go this way, okay, yep. and uh, and somehow, you know, those partnerships changed, and we we lost the faith in those guys, um, and that's unfortunate because they were doing some very positive things, and that, it was right after that 2014 Great Cup that we won. I saw that I saw us start to take, you know, and the economy was going great too at that time. You know, yeah. it wasn't obviously the way it is True. now. So hey, I'm not I'm not the guy writing the checks either, so I can't sit here and just like say, oh, just dump as much money as you possibly need because. We obviously need some other people that have a lot of money to help uh, with this. So that's why I'm saying, hey, if you can bring the XFL in, now you're getting viewers on the other side of the country. You've got Rock. Maybe he gets somebody like Drake, like somebody else to put some money in, and we get this game a little bit younger, uh, fun, you know, just promoting it in a different way. Um, you know, just, just the way the game is viewed at all times. Um, yeah. I think that could, that could really go a long ways. But the fundamental difference, you acknowledge the fundamental difference between the Canadian game and the U.S. game. I mean, field size, yes, but four downs versus three downs. And it, it mandates passing. And it, it doesn't eliminate, you know, first down runs. And the National Football League doesn't play that way anymore either. Now, the you NFL's know, the NFL's playing the Canadian game, Bob. The NFL really started are. to throw. They've started to throw as much as the Canadian game. I mean, I mean, we're going to, we're going to date ourselves long before Bo was out of diapers, the CFL, the the, the quarterbacks were throwing 40 times, maybe 45 times. And it was fun to watch. And the the great cup was always a great game because it was an absolute aerial attack both ways. It was so much more fun to watch than the NFL was. The NFL had to adapt. It morphed and changed to be more entertaining and has done a great job. And the CFL hasn't done much. And I kind of agree with Bo about that. Yeah, they, they changed their rules to make the game uh, much more offensive. And, and uh, I think we have done that as well to try to make it more offensive. But, you know, the production in the CFL with the yard off the line of scrimmage with guys not being able to touch past five yards, the advantage has come now in the shorter part of the game with the dink and dunk and the bubbles. And so, yeah, yeah. there might be some rule changes that need to be made. Um, you know, again, that's that's out of my that's out of my context and knowledge. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something, you know, something has to be changed to make it happen. Let me, the other, the other thing, Bo, let me just, you're, you are now the exception rather than the rule because you're an American player that has come and stayed. Uh, so many American players, good American players come to Canada and get their break and go home. And yep. so our fans, because if they're a fan of that player, they, they kind of follow them like, like Alex Singleton to the, the Eagles. They follow them back to the NFL too a bit. So how do we, I think it's incumbent that we try to find a way to keep players of your ilk in our country in order to play the game. That's a big part of this because I want to identify with you as a quarterback. You're going to go back to the naturalized Canadian. I want a naturalized Canadian. You play five years with the same team like Bo has. He becomes a non-import. Absolutely. That, that, that actually is a new rule. So we will have that this upcoming year. So you'll have three guys that are allowed to be like that. Um, my thing with that is it's the toughest part, boys, which obviously is the, the difference, um, is salary. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, a guy, a guy oh. that's not making enough, it's pretty hard for him not to go back home and live rent-free compared to staying up here for six months. 
Yep. You know, outside of outside of maybe Saskatchewan, there's not a lot of places where the opportunities in the off season are very abundant in making right. a, a couple dollars. You know, to keep yourself afloat in the off season. Um, you know, for the guys that are making below that 100k mark, probably. So, you know, that's that's, that's a big part of it. And if we could, yeah, I mean, hey, the CFL. I mean, we really were like we. I think we were we were this close to having some things that really were changing things, but just like that CFL car wash bring a lot of guys in for the media days and obviously COVID stopped that. Um, hey, get some kind of all-star game. I want to bring back some kind of skills competition. I think a skills competition would create a lot of fun atmosphere mm-hmm. to bring fans around. It gets guys back here during the offseason. You could do it during a CFL car wash with media, um, you know, quarterback competition, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's fun for the young guys. Um, and we've just got to, yeah, I think the markets we have to tap are, are, yeah lower in age on um, on our marketing opportunities. And, and the other thing we have to do is raise the profile of really strong CFL players across the country. And you're doing that. Uh, you got a podcast coming up. Tell us we about do. the podcast. Yeah, man, I'm really excited about it. So uh, so I met Ben Hebert, uh, you know, greatest lead in curling history. Uh, I'd never heard of curling until I got up here. And uh, sometimes on a dry day on the five TSN channels, you'll see darts and you'll see curling. So I started to learn about it. Um, Then I met Ben, found that he was a great dude, met his wife, Teddy, uh, met his kids, Sloan Griff. And and we've hit it off with those guys, Uh, Madison and my two daughters, Ellie and Lakey, hang out all the time at their pool. And uh, Ben and I go golf a lot. So we created a big relationship on the golf course. And last year during COVID, he took me all around um, all the great courses here in Calgary to kind of show me the way. And, um, you know, the handicap definitely got lower, probably lower than it should be uh, being a professional quarterback. But, um, yeah, man, we uh, the banter back and forth between us was so natural. He felt like one of my brothers because I wasn't expecting a curler to be so damn competitive. And I'm telling <laughs> you, like, like pool basketball, darts, putting, whatever it is, dude, like he wants to compete and he keeps up with me. And typically that was the thing, like I, like ping pong, anything like that, man, like I, I, it's, I'm hard pressed to find people to keep up with me and stuff like that. And uh, Ben is probably 50-50 right there with me. So we're golfing a lot with some boys. And, uh, and like, man, y'all's banter. Like, we started to find all the guys wanted to golf with us. So we were like, dude, we got to do something with this. So I approached Ben about doing a podcast. He had his buddy, Scott Moore, from, um, from TSN with Uninterrupted Canada. And uh, that's a Drake and LeBron-owned company. Um, well, LeBron first and Drake just partnered when it came into Canada. And uh, that's, that's the thing trying to create some younger viewership by, you know, putting ourselves out there and marketing ourselves. And, um, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. We, we aired our, we shot our first show. It's going to air today, uh, one o'clock Calgary time, three o'clock Eastern. It'll be on, uh, it'll be on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, uh, the Benny and Bo show. And, uh, man, we talk all things sports, athlete to athlete. We take the middleman kind of out of it. We're going to talk gambling. It's brought to you by DraftKings. So, uh, there's a lot of petty <laughs> gambling, uh, some parlays on there. So we have a lot of fun. Well, uh, Scott Moore is not unfamiliar to us. Both John and I worked uh, with him for him at uh, at Sportsnet for a number of years. And uh, I, I don't know about John, but I've stayed in touch with uh, Mr. Moore um, as well. Uh, the only quarterback, this, this is a shocking stat before we let you go. The only quarterback to win more than one Grey Cup with the Calgary Stampeders is this guy, John. Did you know that? I didn't. That's, that's uh... rather shocking, don't you think? Well, when you consider how good the, the franchise has been and over the years, but, but uh, as a lifetime British Columbia Lions fan, there was no more dreaded team than the Calgary Stampeders. And whether it was Peter Lisk or Jerry Keeling, 
or you know anybody of those darn quarterbacks in the 60s and 70s that used to drive you nuts. And then I lived in Calgary for 15 years and had to become a season ticket holder. So there you go. <laughs> uh, well, listen, thanks so much for taking time for us. Uh, stay healthy. Uh, good luck with the podcast. And uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, Tell you what, we're going to compete for numbers. We're going to compete for numbers, man. Downloads. How many downloads? We're going to beat you. Okay, let's do it. I like it. Bob, John, man, thank you guys so much for taking time to have me on, man. I've been fans of you guys for a while, so thank you guys. Thanks, pal. Got all the best to you. We'll take the break, come back, and wrap this up in a minute. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Again, our thanks to uh, Bo Levi Mitchell of the Calgary Stampeders. Um, <laughs> or... I think he should, forget about this being quarterback. I think he should be commissioner. Ambrosie's going to be mad at me. Well, he can do almost that. anything he wants to do, I think. Um, well, he's I just a think whirlwind, isn't he? Oh, when you get a guy like this and he wants to stay in Canada, wants to play the game, wants the game to be better, knows where he sees, knows where the improvement needs to occur. You better be listening to him a little bit. Well, I hope and assume that they are. Um, he's a star. And uh, I... Who knows, who knows what he can accomplish before his career is over? And this is a career. I know he's, what, 31, 32 years old? Yeah, yeah. But hasn't played in the last year and a half. Don't know whether they're going to be able to play this fall. I, I think and, they will be, but yeah. But, well, as I pointed out, or tried to point out, maybe this extends his career by, you know, a year or two. <laughs> to have, for any athlete in a physical sport like football, to have a year and a half off in the middle of their career, I think it almost revitalizes regenerates you allows you to heal completely from all those niggly little things that that inevitably happen not the serious injuries like the shoulder but the little stuff i think i think it also speaks to you you know when people talk about what the cfl is the cfl means a great deal more uh, certainly in western canada i'm not demeaning anything in hamilton or ottawa um, but you know the cfl is a big deal in the west bob Sure it's is. important. It's important. Uh, and uh, when you talk about uh, athletes in cities like Calgary, uh, you don't just put Calgary Flame players on there. You, you do put Calgary Stampeder players on there. And, and Bo Levi Mitchell's uh, one of those guys. And uh, as, a, as a lifelong CFL fan, I would love to see the CFL put back on a pedestal where it was as I was a kid. And, and uh, I tried to bring my, my family along to watch the game, too. It, it's, it's so much fun to watch. But they have some work to do. They have to find a way to put superstars back in the game and have the ability for guys like me and my kids to identify with the players again. And we've lost identification with the players so badly in the last decade and a half. Well, and I know TSN has done a fantastic job in promoting the Canadian football. Really good job. But, but at the same time, they also carry NFL games. And the truth of the matter is that the problem with the CFL is really the NFL. And, and kids are growing up today 
seeing NFL games, seeing all the teams, watching all the games, and becoming fans of, nation, of, of the National Football League because the perception is that the quality of the game is better there. And the truth of the matter is that it's the style of the game is different. The quality mm -hmm. of the, the kinds of players that play in the NFL as opposed to the CFL is different. But the players who play in the Canadian Football League are as talented or virtually as talented as the NFL guys. At least that's my opinion. Well, there's listen, there's a place for both. There always was a place for both. I just hope the CFL gets on solid ground again and we have a chance to, to have a, a really quality Canadian Football League. Remember, though, our biggest issues, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, three biggest cities, three yeah, weeks franchise. Yeah, do a better job. Yep. We got to get out of here. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching or listening. Goodbye, everybody. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.